0: We think women need to talk more openly about money because money really matters. It shouldn't be embarrassing or confusing. Join the conversation. We'll be discussing a whole range of topics which will help you get comfortable with your finances. Money Matters. Brought to you by AJ Bell. Hi, and welcome back to the Money Matters podcast. I'm Laura Souter. And I'm Dan Houston. This episode is dealing with the number one issue that I'm asked about right now, and that is mortgages.
1: Yes, it is all over the front pages at the moment and we're going to talk a bit about what's going on right now and why, but also what to expect when it comes to interest rates. We're also going to dig through
0: some of the ways that people are trying to cope with the fact mortgage costs have shot up, including choosing really long mortgages, which could mean you won't be done paying for your house until after you retire.
1: Plus, we keep saying if you're a first-time buyer or your mortgage is coming up for renewal, you should really talk to a mortgage broker. And that advice still stands because obviously everyone's personal circumstances are different. But we thought rather than sending you to a mortgage broker, why not bring one to you? So we've got one on the pod today. Keep listening because we've been quizzing the brilliant Charlotte Tollett, a mortgage broker at Meet Margo, an app which puts a broker in the palm of your hand.
0: She really does have some great tips, so do stay tuned. But first, let's start with the basics. Since December 2021, the Bank of England has hiked interest rates 12 times in a row, and that has taken the base rate from an incredibly low 0.1% all the way up to 4.5%. Now, that is as we record this in early June 2023. It's all because the Bank of England is trying to bring down inflation, which is now in single figures, but it is still way off the bank's 2% target. And there was a surprise that saw core inflation, which is not the headline number that we're all talking about. That was 8.7%. But core inflation, that's the bit that strips out the volatile stuff like energy and food, It actually went up in April to 6.8%. And that had the effect really of catching everybody on the hop and raised the expectation from markets that the bank still has a lot more interest rate hikes to come before that inflation number. I think most of us were assuming maybe one more interest rate hike. Now the expectation is we could see rates go as high as 5.5% by the end of the year. That's 1% extra. It is not nailed on by any stretch of the imagination. But this is the expectation that really plays into what's called swap rates. That is essentially banks hedging their bets on where they think interest rates will be in 2, 3, 5, 10 years time. And if a bank thinks that it might have to pay more than it thought, that's when fixed rate mortgage products tend to become a whole lot less attractive. And that is exactly what we've seen since those shock inflation numbers. In fact, taking a look, uh, MoneyFacts was saying that the number of mortgages available at the start of June fell to a three-month low. Now, that's because some providers were pulling some of their products, others pulled them, put them back on, but at much higher rates. And all of this just means that people looking to take out a mortgage or to remortgage will find monthly payments will be a whole lot more expensive than they were. And I'm talking to the tune of hundreds of pounds a month. Some cases I've come across, those increases can be above a £1,000 a month more. Now, of course, that depends on how much you owe on your mortgage, how much equity is in your property, and the time of length left to pay that mortgage.
1: I think that's so useful, Danny, to kind of explain, we know that interest rates are going up, we know that has an impact on mortgage rates, but it's so useful for you to kind of connect the two and how that actually works. And you're right, there are so many people looking down the barrel of much higher repayments, myself included, and I was hoping that by the time I came to remortgage, rates might have dropped down a bit. So if it's any solace, those of us that are talking about it all day, every day have no greater insight on where interest rates are going to go than the (laughs) average person on the street. And so I think that's quite frustrating, isn't it, for homeowners is that the goalposts keep moving, how much interest rates are going to go up to, when they're going to start to be cut, all of those things that have a big impact on our mortgage rates just keeps changing almost seems by the week Um, but one of the ways that people are trying to make their mortgages more affordable is to extend the length of the time on their mortgage so typically we think about a standard mortgage being over 25 years so that's the length of time it takes to repay that borrowing but people are now taking out 35 years or 40 year mortgages now they were always available But they're now becoming much more popular. So we've got some new figures out from an organisation called UK Finance, which is the trade body for banks. And that shows that the number of first-time buyers taking out a term over 35 years hit a record high in March. And it now actually accounts for a fifth of first-time buyers. Um, It still is also rising among those remortgaging. So now 8% of people who are moving home um, are also getting a term of 35 years or more. Now, one of the big reasons is that the longer period that you're borrowing over, the smaller your monthly repayments. But it has a big impact on the total cost of that debt. If you're borrowing over a longer period, then that means you've got more interest adding up on it. So monthly costs are lower, but total costs much higher. So it's a bit of those kind of short term win, long term pain kind of situations. And um, I did some figures because I thought it might be useful to have some examples. So Someone who is buying a £350,000 home, but with a 10% deposit, if they borrowed that over 20 years, then the total interest that they pay on that borrowing is £125,000, just under that. But if they extended that term from 20 years up to 35 years, then the interest adds up to more than 230,000 pounds. So I think that gives you a really good example of how that little change that you might think might not make so much of a difference actually has a huge overall financial difference. Um, but Having said that, the difference between the monthly repayments over those terms is about £550. So the longer term, that 35-year term, is going to cost you £550 less each month. That is a huge amount of money, and money that some people just might feel they do not have in their budget. And so they have to opt for that longer term. Um And with interest rates obviously having risen, it's the only affordable way for some people to get on the property ladder or to remortgage. So I don't think it's a case of saying really super long mortgages are definitely bad. I think it's just a case of being aware of the financial implications of them, which if you're using a broker, they will help to spell out those.
0: It is so hard to make decisions at the moment. And you're right, for a lot of homeowners looking to remortgage now, they've never experienced interest rates like this because we've had ridiculously low levels since the financial crisis. And this is a real eye-opener for a lot of people. Uh, I'm going to make you a bit sick now because December 2020, I decided to remortgage. And for the first time, I went for a five-year term because I thought it's not going to get much lower than this. (sighs) So I'm sitting kind of (laughs) comfortably, (laughs) but I was in the complete opposite situation in 2008 because I had a fixed rate mortgage, which was quite expensive and interest rates came right down and everyone else is dropping onto the standard variable rate and doing a celebration dance and I'm still paying quite high interest rates. So I get people's frustration and decision making is really difficult and you try to make decisions that you think are going to be the right decisions for you and a lot of these changes and and some of my friends have been talking about extending the term of the mortgage or maybe going for an interest only mortgage and then they say but you know I'm only going to do this while interest rates are high. And then I'll look at at changing that back when interest rates fall. And that is great if you've got a plan like that. But the problem is when you get used to paying a certain amount, you might not go back to paying more. And I'm thinking particularly if you're going down the interest-only route, you need to have a game plan on how you are going to pay off that home or whether you've decided that you'll sell it and downsize or whatever. You have to be aware that you can't just hope it's all going to be okay. And I also think a lot of people at the moment are just sort of eyeing the date that they need to remortgage coming up and just praying that rates are going to come down. But I think the problem is every indication at the moment is we don't expect them to come down, not this year, maybe not next year. So uh, I think we're in it for a while.
1: And I think um, if we kind of look at a lot of the different trends in the mortgage market, what we've got is two quite troubling trends together. One is that people are buying later in life and that's just because Buying a property is so much more expensive. It's much harder to save for that deposit. And so people are getting on the housing ladder, um, you know, into their 30s, their mid 30s rather than in their 20s. But then we couple that with this trend to opt for super long mortgages, so 35, 40 year mortgages. And what you end up with is people paying off that mortgage into their retirement or perhaps even delaying their retirement because they've still got that big mortgage to pay off. Um, So I think it's a case of kind of thinking about the longer term implications of that, um, but also the fact that all the time you're repaying that mortgage and you've got that big monthly cost going out, that's stopping you being able to put money into other areas. So into your pension, for example, into another savings pot for the future so it's really tricky I think when you're getting on the housing ladder to think about what you're going to want to do when you're 65 for example but I think there is an element where you have to slightly get into that mindset um, and think about the long-term implications of these things. I think uh, there's some figures which um, came out this
0: morning which for first-time buyers and you were talking about the fact that first-time buyers a lot A lot of people are getting onto the housing ladder later um, because of the fact that house prices are so elevated compared with where they were 10 years ago. Well, for the first time in 11 years, house prices have recorded the first annual fall. Now that's according to figures from Britain's biggest mortgage lender, the Halifax. So it found that a typical house price had fallen by £3,000 this last month, that's compared to a year ago, and more than £7,000 compared to the August peak that we had. And another uh, lender nationwide said that it had recorded actually a deeper fall in house prices, down 3.4%, the biggest decline, they said, in 14 years. Now, whatever the number, it is a downward trend. And really, the expectation is that rising rates and higher mortgage costs will impact the market further. But it is still crazy expensive. So the average home, according to Halifax, costs now £286,532. And If you're also trying to save up for a deposit and you've got crazy high rents, then that makes it really difficult. And, of course, then first-time buyers who are also graduates with student loans, there is a possibility that a 40-year mortgage could end at about the same time that student loans payment end too, Laura.
1: Yeah, um, student loans are also changing from this year, and effectively going to make them more expensive for a lot of graduates. And the term over which you have to repay it is extending from thirty years up to forty years, um, and so that means that you will be repaying the loan for forty years before your debt is wiped out. So, someone who has got a forty-year loan repayment plan and graduates, you know, in their early twenties, then buys a property in their thirties could ultimately be paying off student loan debt and their mortgage in their 60s which is just I know everyone talks about we're living longer we're going to work for longer but for lots of people that might not be an optional they might not want to Um, and it's really stacking up the costs for late people later in life and taking you know a decent chunk out of their income that could otherwise be set aside for savings and investments Um, we're actually going to have a podcast coming up um, shortly on those student loan changes you know how to handle student loan debt and the impact of those changes so check out that podcast episode when it's up in the summer Um, But I think it's just all of these things are a bit doomy and gloomy, but I think it's just thinking about them, considering the impact of them and thinking, okay, well, if taking a super long mortgage is the only way that I can get on the property ladder now, but I've got a plan of how to make it so that I'm not paying off my mortgage still in my 60s or delaying my retirement. It's really hard to think so long term about financial decisions you're making today, but your future self will definitely thank you for it spreadsheets that's what you always advise isn't it if the if any if there's ever a question then the answer is always spreadsheets if you ask me but (laughs) I don't think people share that same love of them as me (laughs)
0: crazy they're all crazy Laura um look we've already covered the whole home buying process if you are a first-time buyer so go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already because it's got some great jargon busting terms there um but back to this episode because Laura has been digging into all the options for those remortgaging what you need to think about talking to Charlotte Tollett a mortgage broker at Meet Margot
1: First up, let's talk interest rates. So there's lots of people that are going to be coming off those cheap fixed rate deals, whether they've been on a two-year fix or a five-year fix. What could they be paying at the moment and what kind of rates could they expect to pay if they were coming to remortgage today?
2: Okay, so interest rates. Yes. So for those who have been watching interest rates for the last couple of months, they'll know it's been very rocky and we have had Um, a couple of interest rate rises with the bank of england base rate. so the last rate rise was on the 11th of may this year so the bank of england base rate is currently set at 4.5 percent which has had a knock-on effect on mortgage interest rates so if you do have a remortgage uh, remortgage renewal coming up within the next six months whether that's you're coming up a two three or five year fix or possibly longer one thing I would say and what to expect is that you're going to have a increase within your monthly payment. Now, how much, how much that's going to increase by um, determines on your mortgage individually. So there's a couple of factors that are going to um, determine that. Now, one thing is your loan to value. So your loan to value is a ratio of your mortgage to the amount of equity that you have within your home. So the lower the loan to value, the better because that's less risk for the lender, which will offer it mean they'll offer you a lower rate of interest. If you've got a higher loan to value, it's seen as a higher rate, a high risk for the the lender, and they could possibly offer higher interest rates for you. So the loan to value is what's going to determine that as well. Another thing to think of is what interest rate you're going to be coming off and what interest rate you're going to be moving to. So we've had historically lowest interest rates on record for quite some time and back in 2021 it was less than one percent so for those mortgages that are coming up for renewal they're going to have quite an impact within the monthly mortgage payment so what i would advise is is starting to look at this possibly six months before so you can forecast and know exactly how much your monthly mortgage payment is going to go up by so you can budget for that increase rather than leaving it right to the very end and having a shock of how much it's going to go up by. Um, if you can speak to a broker, look at the interest rates that are available um, now and possibly lock in on a deal, you can then budget and forecast for that for that increase upon your renewal.
1: And lots of people who are going to be remortgaging for the first time will have forgotten that entire like getting a mortgage process that they did last time, particularly if it was maybe five years ago. So what do they need to bear in mind and what do they need to have ready before they go and speak to a broker?
2: That's it. So if you are remortgaging for the first time or like I say five year fixed, possibly quite a long time ago, there's a few things to get ready. Now, the first thing to do is find out when your mortgage end date is so check any mortgage statements contact your lender or look at your online mortgage services some lenders have that available and it might be sooner than you think so although you might have moved in a property on such a date and you think right i've took a two-year fixed i'm going to end up exactly on this date in two years time it might not be the case because every mortgage product has different start and end dates could actually end up depending on where you completed within that month you may end up with slightly longer than two years for example or slightly less so it's really important to find out when that is because it might be sooner than you think. Know your outstanding balance and your remaining term. I'd say be proactive Um shop around early to protect yourself from any interest rate rises so lenders allow you to lock into a new deal to six months in advance and um, that tends to be because mortgage offers last around six months as a couple that can be Around three to four months, which just depends on the lender. But by shopping around early, you can protect yourself against those interest rate rises. Another important factor would be to determine your property value. That's where the loan to value comes in, as we've just mentioned. Research recent sales in your area. Use tools like Zoopla, Rightmove to help you find the property price. There's also the House Pricing Index, which is what a lot of lenders use. It's an automated valuation system to determine the price of your home. Now you can find that on your statement on your online services or by contacting your lender and that will really give you a guide of how much your property is going to be worth. And again we want that loan to value to be as low as possible to give you access to the lower rates. It might also be worth consulting a broker because we know the affordability and the criteria criteria inside out so we increase of your chances of approval by finding the right deal. And sometimes brokers do have access to exclusive deals um, that you might not have access to directly as a customer. So it's always worth a check and getting advice on the whole of the market.
1: Loads of useful stuff there. Thanks. And lots of people might think it's just easier to stick with their current mortgage provider, just find a new fixed rate deal with them um, and transition to that. But are you better off sticking or are you always better off shopping around and seeing what other providers could offer?
2: So I would say don't settle for the first mortgage deal that comes your way and it's really important to consider all your options first. A rate switch for your current lender it might be faster and quicker and you think oh they know me so it's going to be easier and it can be in some some cases Um, but you are limiting your options by doing that to just one lender's product. So it could mean that you're missing out on a more competitive deal with another lender elsewhere which means it could save you quite a bit of money over that period of time. So by looking around shopping around comparing what your lender can offer you as an existing customer or remortgaging to some uh, to another lender it changes a lot at the moment which one's going to be the best it does change daily and weekly at the minute so if um by shopping around looking at both you can have an informed decision know which is going to be the most competitive option so it's definitely better to to shop around And if you stayed with your current lender, would you
1: not have to go through such an onerous um, remortgage process? I mean, you mentioned there that it might be faster if you stick with your current lender. Is that one of the appeals, or would you always have to go through that kind of affordability check, providing your payslips, all of that process?
2: Yeah, by staying with your existing lender, it can be easy because you don't need to prove the income again. So if you're looking at borrowing extra funds, you might might need to to prove that. But if you're just doing a like-for-like rate switch, and there's no underwriting required or uh, pay slips, bank statements. You're not going through that process. There's also no legal aspects of it, of moving it from one lender to another. So it is a, it is a smoother process and you may be eligible for um, existing customer rates. You might have preferential rates. Again, it's always worth checking because it, it differs a lot. It could be better to move elsewhere or stay with the same lender. So by going through that process, I know it can be a little onerous with the remortgage process and using solicitors again, but it can save you quite a bit of money in the long run by possibly moving to someone else. And there's been a lot of
1: debate at the moment about whether people who are remortgaging should go on a fixed rate deal or a tracker deal. Before we dive into that debate, can you just explain what those two are just for people that aren't in the know?
2: Yeah, of course. The fixed rate versus the tracker, it's a, a big question we're getting asked a lot at the moment, but to confirm the difference between the two, So you've got your fixed rate mortgage. This is a guaranteed interest rate for a specific period of time. So whether that be two, three, five year fixed or even longer. What that does, it gives you um, certain monthly payments. They remain constant throughout the term. It gives you stability of knowing exactly how much you're going to be paying each month, which will enable you to budget. The tracker mortgage is slightly different. Um, It's a variable mortgage and it's linked to the Bank of England's base rate. So it tracks the base rate. That means it can fluctuate; it can go up and down, or remain the same. Now, what the lenders do is they set a marker based on the base rate and with the additional interest percentage. And if your if the base rate is to go up or down, that will go in line with your monthly mortgage payment. So, although the tracker runs with risk with the fluctuations, it does offer other flexible features that fixed rate deals may not have, such as possibly uh, no early repayment charges or extra allowances around overpayments but that is tailored to each individual tracker product so it's not across all but it it may be a feature that is linked to it and so when people are weighing up
1: those kind of tracker or fixed rate on which they should go for at the moment how do they decide that and why is that such a big debate at the moment
2: it is and a lot of people are sitting on the fence with this one and i do wish i had a crystal ball to know what was going to happen in the future i think we all did with that um the question really i would kind of say it's whether a fix or a tracker mortgage is good for you personally so there's always going to be pros and cons of different products but it's down to your own circumstances like attitudes to risk and security will all come into play when it comes to answering this question and i'll be honest i won't sugarcoat things <laughs> the timing isn't great for whichever option you choose as a market's likely to remain like this on things until things cool off in the future. But six to eight months ago trackers were more competitive looking at it now fixed rate deals have been more competitive so it it is really tailored to an individual what your attitude to risk is which one's going to be the most affordable can you afford the fluctuations is a fixed rate going to be the most competitive we have to look at everything as a whole so it is a good idea to kind of as i would say consult with a broker and look at all options we can explain the options for you advise you on the best Um, the best way forward so you can make an informed decision on what you feel is going to be the best for you.
1: And one thing's probably clear at the moment that trying to anticipate what interest rates are going to do is so hard at the moment, which obviously makes your job very hard.
2: (laughs) It is at the moment. They're forever changing. It's quite volatile at the moment. Um, So what I would advise is by reserving a rate um, in advance six months before, then you're not set in stone with that either. So what I always advise is that if you do lock it in six months before, if interest rates are to go up, you future-proof yourself from that, from any interest rate rises, you've locked in that deal. If rates do go down, then we can, it's quite flexible. We can still change the deal for you, so you're not missing out on any lower rates. We can change it with the lender you've uh, put you with or whether it's moving to another lender. it's quite flexible around that. So it goes down bonus, we can change it, but if it goes up you future, proof yourself on that interest rate rise. And we know that
1: house prices have shot up in recent years. And so some people might have more equity in their home than they had previously and might want to take that out, whether that's, you know, to do work on the property or for another reason. How easy is that process? Is that effectively you're just borrowing more on the mortgage than, than you are at the moment?
2: you can do so you can release the equity so you can do that for lots of different things such as like home improvements debt consolidation or possibly investing in a property such as a buy to let you can do that at any time within your mortgage deal so you could possibly if you're with your current lender and you've not got a remortgage coming up anytime soon you can complete a further advance which will release the equity and give the funds to you sooner kind of runs alongside your mortgage account as a sub account so it's just the new lending will be on the rate that's available at that time and they'll run alongside each other. If you are look, have do have a remortgage coming up and you want to release equity, you can do that as part of the remortgage process, and you'll receive the funds on completion. One thing I would say to be aware of is that by releasing equity in your home, you are pushing yourself into those higher loan to value brackets, which means it might then meet um, in ha- higher interest rates. The the higher the loan to value is also with regards to budget rates have already gone up so if your monthly payment has already increased by taking for equity out that's going to cost even more again so just make sure it's going to be comfortably affordable for you with the extra money being released out of your home and also house prices can fall as well as rise so if you've got a lot of equity in your property then that's great you're still around those low loan to value brackets even after releasing the equity if you are at a higher loan to value then just be careful because if um sorry if property prices were to fall you could end up in a negative position
1: and on the flip side of it lots of people are asking at the moment about whether they should be overpaying on their mortgage so this is where you pay more than your usual monthly repayments to try and eat away at that mortgage debt a bit quicker and I think a lot of people are looking ahead to you know remortgaging onto higher interest rates and how much more that's going to cost them and thinking that they might reduce their mortgage debt what are some of the things that you need to think about if you're weighing up whether you're going to overpay or not
2: yeah so we always say overpayments are always a good idea if it's affordable to do so and you can do that by like a lump sum payment or alongside the direct debit so you can add to the direct debit each month Um, You do have an allowance. Most lenders will give you a 10% allowance of the mortgage balance each year without incurring any early repayment charges. There's also a window upon renewal. So if you are coming up for re-mortgage and you want to make an overpayment above the 10% allowance, there's a small window there where you can make that payment just before you lock yourself back into a new deal so you can get past that 10% allowance without incurring the charges. Um, If the overpayment is going to bring you into lower loan to value brackets even better because it's going to qualify you for those lower rates of interest one thing i would say would be um, if you are looking at using all of your savings to overpay on the mortgage we wouldn't normally advise that keep some um, keep some funds back you know for an emergency fund especially with the cost of living and things at the moment good idea to reduce the term and save on interest overall but it's also make sure that you've got enough money there in just in case
1: and I know some people who've kind of roughly worked out what how much extra their mortgage is going to cost them and then they're overpaying by that amount in the run up to remortgaging, which seems very smart and sensible. Is that is that a good idea?
2: Yeah, definitely a good idea. If that if you can afford that and keep that going with the monthly payments as well, it's going to bring that down for you and keep it in line and qualify you possibly for a lower loan to value upon your it and for
1: those people who are moving at the moment, moving house, maybe moving to the next rung on the ladder, how do they work out with mortgage rates changing so much at the moment? How do they work out what's going to be affordable in terms of how much they could borrow and so therefore what their budget is for their new home?
2: Yeah, so it's an exciting time um, to be moving home and on to the next step on the ladder. but it can also raise a lot of questions given the current market. So it's a lot of questions in whether it's the right time, what's it going to cost? Can I afford that dream home? I've been stalking on right move for the last week. Um, yeah, there's lots of tools out there online which can help you with this. Um, you've got your affordability calculators, which will determine your income and your outgoings, such as your credit commitments and financial dependence. That can give you an idea of roughly how much you can borrow. Again, um, consult with an expert such as a broker. They know the knowledge and the criteria around incomes and maximum lengths across the market to make it achievable for you. Because it's not one size fits all when it comes to income with the banks and lenders they've all got different policies and criteria so it's making sure that it's definitely affordable and you do fit within the criteria it's also around budget again so within the rate rises making sure that that move's going to fit within your means and your lifestyle so it might be okay moving to that dream home but you don't want to be overstretching yourself in the current climate you want to make sure that you do get the dream home but it's also going to be comfortably affordable for you as well so by working out your um, maximum affordability, what's it going to look like monthly, possibly getting a mortgage in principle, I would advise to do that before you put your house on the market and start offering on other properties so it puts you in a really good position. And I guess that kind of how much is affordable personally, that's
1: such a personal judgment, right? Some people might be more comfortable putting a much higher proportion towards their mortgage where other people, you know, want to spend money elsewhere. Some people might be comfortable maxing out and assuming that their interest, uh, that their income, sorry, is going to rise in coming years. Other people might be more conservative. So I guess there's no like hard rule of thumb there, is there?
2: yeah it's not it's all tailored individually it's like you say different people have different lifestyle they how much um like money they want to spend on different things whether it's the mortgage and holidays and with the kids and things so it just it does depend individually what's going to be affordable the lenders do set a set amount you know for the maximum lending amounts but again they all differ as well so each lender lends different amounts some might lend slightly more than others um, so it is good to review everything as a whole across the board and see what's going to what you can achieve and what your maximum lending is with each and each lender. Um, for people out there
1: who are either remortgaging or moving to a new property or even first time buyers who are feeling a bit kind of spooked and scared by the mortgage market at the moment, particularly with so many headlines about rates rising and kind of panic in the mortgage markets, what advice would you have for those people who are feeling a bit nervous? <laughs>
2: it is it's one, of the, it's one of those times at the moment isn't it everybody's uh, not sure what to do what, what's the best way to move forward my advice would be if you are looking to move home and once you've assessed that affordability and looked at how much it's going to cost if that still feels comfortably affordable for you and you've found your dream home go for it like right? if that's going to fit if it's a little bit out of reach at the moment you might want to kind of wait for things to see if they do start to settle or look at a lower budget you know or a different type of property but we are saying if if it's affordable and you, you feel that that's going to be achievable for you, once you've spoken and received that advice, then yeah, then to go for it.
1: Amazing. Thanks for all of your tips. And know such such good practical advice there for people. Thank you.
2: No problem at all. Thank you.
1: Charlotte Tollett there. And you can find the Meet Margot team on social media. They have really great videos breaking down a lot of the jargon in the mortgage industry or some of the questions that you might have at the moment. So check them out. Um, And you can also take a look at their app, which is meetmargot.co.uk.
0: Yeah, I, I find it incredible the stuff that you can get on social media now. There's some really clever tips and tricks. So um, if you are thinking about buying a house or you know taking out a pension or anything like that, it's really worth having a look. And of course, it's always worth having a look at our Money Matters pages as well. Now, one of the things that we do always ask our guests to do is to share. A financial confession this is Laura's favorite bit I know and (laughs) Charlotte's one is a perfect happenstance because it's all about her experience of
2: being a first-time buyer okay so biggest money mistake I would say is being a first-time buyer you save everything for your deposit Um, and solicitors and all all of that kind of together. But one thing I didn't kind of budget for is actually when you move in the property, the items that you need when you move in, such as your large items, such as sofas and kitchens and appliances and things like that. Now, there's so much available at the moment, not percent, you can pay it off over so many months and things like that. So you can get carried away, a bit blindsided with all new shiny things to go in a new nice home. But you need need to remember that they are financial commitments like i didn't at the time those little ones add up and they go out alongside your mortgage and your bills as well so by moving in it was just a bit of a shock when you've got all the items as well as the mortgage and things and not budgeting for that once you've moved in so yeah just remember they are stuck with you for quite some time
1: i think this is so common i think so many people budget for the deposit for the surveyor costs for all of those costs associated with buying a home and then they move in and they think oh god I've only got like one piece of furniture that I had in my rented property or I've got a mattress but not a bed or I didn't realise how expensive washing machines were. That was definitely a shock to me when I moved into my first property, how pricey dishwashers and washing machines were. For me, it was Um, paint because, I, I, you know, if you
0: want a a really nice colour and you've got your little paint sheets out and you've gone with something really posh and then, first of all, you realise how much you need and second of all, how much tin
1: costs. I know. Yeah, you're right. All of those things that you just have never had to encounter before because you've been renting, suddenly they really add up.
0: That's it for this episode of Money Matters. Do get in touch on social media. We would love it also if you'd sign up to our newsletter so that you get all the information about future podcasts. Laura was talking about one on student loans that we're going to do. We'll make sure that you get notification that that is coming up and also loads of helpful articles aimed at helping women feel good about their finances and investing.
1: Yeah, you can sign up on our website, ajbell.co.uk forward slash money matters. I've also just written an article about how the tax man is coming for your savings and how to make sure he doesn't get his clutches on your savings interest. So definitely check that one out. And we would also always love to hear from you guys, whether you want to recommend a topic or a particular guest. Definitely get in touch with us either on Twitter or Instagram, or you can email us at moneymatters at ajbell.co uk
0: and don't think financial confessions are just for our guests we'd be l- delighted if you wanted to share one with us we love hearing about your financial journeys uh, until next time thanks so much for listening bye
1: before you go please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and the views expressed don't necessarily reflect those of aj bell the podcast isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not